Hey, welcome to the Pretty AF Podcast. I'm Asli Maslow, a brand coach, speaker, author, marketer, and the founder of Pretty AF and the Babble Boutique. I help entrepreneurs going from living paycheck to paycheck in a job they hate to thriving in a career and life they love. This is your place to learn from me and other entrepreneurs that are Pretty AF inside and out. We get into how to create income doing what you love while finding balance between your wellness, beauty, travel, and philanthropy. If you're ready to get inspired and have actionable steps to build the life you love, then you're in the right place. Let's dive in. Cognizant of the resources that are in their own areas, because I know especially now that more and more people are getting interested in these things, that some of the resources are being over harvested to a point that's actually really harmful to the environment and to those Mm. specific plants. I know sage is a really big one because everyone's super duper into burning sage now that there's actually it's it's pretty harmful to those areas where the plant is native. Mm. So seeing what plants grow around where you are and seeing if you can work more on that local level than that rather than just going for all the big ones that everyone is using. Welcome back to the Pretty AF Podcast. I'm your host, Asley Maslow, and that clip was from today's guest, Sierra, also known as a local mystic on Instagram. Sierra is a yoga teacher and modern mystic who teaches women all about living a holistically abundant and all-around awesome life. She's a digital nomad living out of a converted van with her partner and two dogs. On today's show, we chat about setting holistic goals, herbalism, being a practical witch, what it's like to live out of a van, and how to merge all your passions into your personal brand in a way that makes sense. I'm so excited for you to hear this episode, so let's get into it. I'm a yoga teacher and a mindset mentor based out of New Orleans for the most part, but I've become sort of mobile in the last (laughs) year. So currently I'm I'm living out of a van with my, my partner and our two dogs and we travel around And I'll do some like pop-up yoga classes wherever we are, but then most of the time I just sort of run an online community that's all based around wellness and and manifestation and sort of using self-care as an avenue to help women reach their goals in a sense. So that's kind of where I'm at currently. I have a degree in journalism and, and music, so that's what where I thought I was going with my life at first, but I'm I've kind of shifted over the past few years into what I'm doing now, and so it's uh, kind of shaped itself kind of as, as I've gone through the years and sort of just taking the things that I've grown passionate about and really finding a way to merge them together in a way mm-hmm. that both feels, you know, energizing and exciting to me, but then also I feel like gives value to uh, the girls and the women that I serve. That's so funny because I actually have a, my bachelor's and master's is in journalism as well. <laughs> and I started, my first job was in the music industry. So. Really? Yeah. Oh, that's so funny. So similar paths, but went different ways. Yeah, and it does still serve us, I feel like, in, in a lot of ways, you know, especially, you know, owning your own business, there's a lot of content creation, you know, mm-hmm. that goes into it. So I I don't regret my journalism degree at all. I still, I love writing. That was the main reason I did it. So, and music is just fun. It's a fun way to connect to people. So. Yeah, I love telling people's stories. So I'm doing the same thing, just in a different <laughs> way. <laughs> yeah. So you're a business coach and I know you offer an intention freebie. 
So can you share with us how we can set holistic goals and actually reach them? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I feel like, you know, this is such a great time to, to talk about it because I guess now at the time where, you know, your your audience is hearing this, it's kind of just after the new year. So I feel like mm. this is a really great time to talk about it. Yeah, intention setting, I feel like is always, it's sort of one of those things that people hear about all the time or something that seems very accessible to a lot of people, which is really great. It tends to be sort of one of those first things that people dip their toes into when they're starting to get into like wellness or even the more spiritual side of it. So it's really great, but I think there are, I guess, ways to do it that are more energetically, you know, better for you, let's say. So when I talk about holistic intention setting, really it's about looking at your intentions from the bigger picture first and then sort of honing in. So this is something that I've learned a lot from their other teachers out there, basically starting with your why and then going from there. So sort of looking at it from an intrinsic perspective first. One teacher that's really inspired me, her name's uh, Danielle Laporte, and she teaches about sort of looking for what she calls these core desired feelings. So not only are you looking at, you know, why you want to say, I don't know, lose weight, if that's one of your intentions, you know, not only are you looking at why specifically you want to do that, but you're putting it in an energetic context so that it becomes more sort of aligned with with you on a deeper level, in a sense. So instead of just coming at it from the get go of making a to do list for yourself, right, where you're like, oh, I want to lose 20 pounds. And then also I want to write a book and I want to read in my kitchen and yada, yada. You know, you start at it from a more holistic sense where you think, okay, how do I want to feel on a day-to-day basis sort of throughout my life? What are the like basic recurring emotions or feelings that I want to to live within? So mm. that could be um, gratitude or spaciousness or, or health, you know, or organization, you know, I'm trying to tie it into the examples that I already gave, mm. but, you know, coming at it from that more energetic perspective first and then going from there. So that kind of is what makes it holistic in, mm. in, in my approach, because it's not just becoming another thing that's on your to-do list. You know, it, you understand why you're doing it and you have more of that empathetic attachment to it rather than just stuff that you want to do, mm-hmm. you know? And I think too, now that, you know, manifestation too is another thing that people get really into. So this is this idea that you can create anything you want out of your life, which is, which is awesome. And I get behind that 110%, but there, there gets to be this sort of like death grip on it, you know, in a sense where you think like, if I, you know, if I think about it enough and if I write it out 50 times and if I just really, really, really try, then I can like force what I want to happen. So there's a little, basically there's a lot of moving parts to it. So I just wanted people to know that even though intention setting can be really accessible and I do want people to, you know, to, to dip their toes into it, just come at it from a bit more of a, of a holistic and, and heart centered approach. Yeah. And I, I definitely agree with you. And I feel like as far as um, manifesting things, when you're focused on instead how you want to feel, then it's not very difficult to start feeling that way. If you say you want to feel abundant, then you focus on the things you already have and then you start feeling abundant and then you become more abundant because of your gratitude basically for what you already have. Yeah. Um, and I think thinking about it that way too is helpful because then you're not setting a lot of times people set goals because they sound nice or like 
it would look cool on my LinkedIn or my Instagram bio or something. (laughs) But in reality, you don't really want it. So if you're thinking more of how you want to feel and why you want it, then you'll probably get past those things that you just want to do for superficial reasons. Yeah, exactly. And I guess that that would be a good tie-in too for um, all of our, I guess, young or budding business builders too, you know, that might be listening too. This is something that I know I really struggled with when I first started my business was, I think they call it shiny object syndrome now, you know, (laughs) where you just feel like, you know, you want to do all of the things because you see that, uh, I don't know, Rachel started a podcast. And so you're like, oh, I feel like I should do that too, because, you know, Rachel's doing it. It's going really well for her. So that means I should do it. Um, so, you know, but once you, like you said, if you have that sort of that like foundation to come back to and say, okay, well, well, what are my words? How do I want to feel? And is this going to help move me more in that direction? Or is it just something that I'm just trying to lop onto my plate and do more of because I, you know, I, I want that sensation of doing and accomplishing Mm. more, Mm -hmm. you know? Do you have any suggestions on how to choose which words you want to feel? Yeah. It's a, it's super fun. And I know probably, you know, for, for you and me too, as, as journalism people, you know, we're, words are super fun. Mm-hmm. Um, definitely I'm, I'm a yoga teacher as well. That's kind of, that's my first and foremost. So doing anything that kind of helps you get into your body in a sense, and it doesn't have to be yoga. That's something that I teach a lot too. Going back to, you know, our, our mutual interest in, in music, Asli, something too that really got to me was the sensation of dancing and the, the meditation of dancing. Mm-hmm. So just doing something to kind of get into your body in that sense, it doesn't have to be like a 60 minute yoga practice. You can just turn on your favorite song and just like shake it all out and <laughs> sort of just get into your body in that sense. Mm-hmm. And then just in that, it kind of gets you out of your head where when you would come to the paper before and you think like, oh, okay, what words do I want to pick? This is really stressful. I only get four. Like, do I want that one? No, maybe not. You know, it kind of just gets all of that out of the way. Mm-hmm. And then you move into a more uh, feeling state. So I would say doing something first to move your body and just like get rid of the day and just arrive into the space that you are would be super helpful. From there, you can do like a seated meditation if that's something that you like to do. There are apps, you know, that can help you or, or guide you in that way. And actually with my, my freebie that you mentioned, we, we do do that. I give you a guided meditation that sort of gets you into that headspace. And then you have like a journal workbook that you go through in that sense. So you could find something guided to help get you into that space. Sort of sit with your eyes closed and, and, and quiet for, for five, 10 minutes and then move into the writing portion of it. And just to not, not think about it too much, you know, just mm-hmm. you can let yourself free write. You can always pick and, and choose later on. Sometimes it's better to just like get it out of you <laughs> rather mm-hmm. than trying to edit each word as it comes out. So really just let yourself like free flow with it. Yeah. Do you tend to keep the same words or have yours changed over time? I feel like my, I, I kind of have similar core ones because I've been working with sort of the same ones over this past year. Now that it's getting to the end of the year, I'm hosting sort of an intention setting immersion at the very beginning of January. So it will have already happened by the time this goes out, but we'll kind of work then to set new ones for the year. Um, Mm. So I've kind of had the same, I guess, pillar ones for this year. And then I'm going to revisit that at the beginning of the year and and see which ones I want to move on from there. But it can be very intuitive to to you as you're working through it. If you want to change yours out every season, that would work too, or every month. I know some people really like this working in the the monthly phases for intention setting. So you could do Mm. that too. But I find that 
they kind of stick with you for longer periods of time than a month. So usually like a season or even a year, just because change doesn't happen always as quickly as we want it to. Yeah. So sometimes you need to spend a little bit more time with certain words and it's, it's just a constant relationship with them too. You still won't feel like a hundred percent abundant or gracious or whatever by the end of the year, you know, so it's just mm-hmm. going to be, it's going to be a constantly evolving relationship for sure. Yeah. So something that you mentioned when you're introducing yourself is that you currently live in a van with your partner and your two dogs. So I I love that things like this are an option now because of Wi-Fi and just the way the world is. But I would love for you to share kind of what made you decide to do that? How's it going? And if you have any tips for people that are like, oh, I think I want to do that. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. So we just kind of started it a bit more on the recent side. It was something that, you know, my partner and I, we've been together for a while and it was something that we both always kind of had in the back of our head, like, Oh, like a someday that'd be really cool. You know, maybe we can do that. Something like that someday, someday. And then COVID happened and we were living in new Orleans still at the time. And, everything shut down. Obviously, it's very difficult for everyone, especially people in big cities. But just one of the things that we both loved in particular so much about New Orleans was just the life of the city, you know, the music and the people and all of a sudden, you know, we didn't have any of that anymore. So we kind of were put in a space where we felt really like empty and and stagnant in a sense, you know, all of a sudden, everything that we loved about our home wasn't there anymore. And so we really kind of it's almost like we got put in like a like a pressure cooker sort of we're like okay well we're here and now we don't know what to do so maybe we should give that one dream thing that we had a try you know and and he and I have always been you know big dreamers at at heart and and always advocates for for doing what you really want out of life and you know like oh, screw the nine to five, you can mm-hmm. do whatever you want kind of people. So we've always had that that energy inside of us. And honestly, after COVID kind of canceled all of our other plans that we had for this year. So we were like, well, F it, let's do it now. Might as well, you know, no better times. So we decided to do that. So we left New Orleans and um, we came, we went back to our hometowns in the Midwest um, to stay with our families while we built out the van because his family is really like carpentry savvy and and we were able to just stay with them while we built it. It took us about five months to build. And so now we've been living in it now for about a month. Um, yeah. And uh, it's been it's been going good. We definitely, <laughs> the winter time is not the best time yeah. for like your maiden voyage, I guess, would be some of my uh, advice for that. Honestly, just, you know, it, it's easy to say just just do it, you know, just quit your job, just go. But obviously there's always a little bit more forethought that goes into it than that. I would say if you want to and you feel like, oh, I just, I could never do that. Because that's something that I hear a lot of times from people. They say, oh, I really love that you're doing that, but I could never do that. Mm-hmm. And it always makes, it always makes me sad. And I, I mean, there, everyone has different reasons, but I would say kind of really look into that reason of why you're telling yourself you can't do it. You know, is it a is it a real reason or is it a reason that maybe you were assuming to be true, you know? Mm-hmm. So I think looking at the reasons why you want to do it and seeing if those don't outweigh the reasons why you think you can't. And obviously, you know, people who have children and, and jobs and, and debt, I understand there are a lot of mo- other, other moving factors into that that, you know, maybe my partner and I aren't dealing with and maybe you are if you're listening, but just to let it be your decision whether you do it or not and not anybody else's or not what you feel like you should be doing or not 
a decision based out of fear. You know, mm-hmm. if you're afraid that you wouldn't be able to make any money or you're afraid that you wouldn't like it, you know, just look at if you want to really make those decisions based out of fear or maybe just, I don't know, give it a go and maybe you'll really love it. Who knows? And it, it, it can always be, it doesn't have to be permanent, you know? Mm-hmm. That's something I explain to my family. They're like, so are you going to live in this thing like forever? And I'm like, well, probably not. <laughs> you know? yeah. like, I'll probably change my mind at some point, you know, and we'll we'll stop doing it when we don't want to do it anymore, you know? But I don't know, just always make it your own decision, I would say. Yeah, that's how I kind of have started thinking about anything that I'm kind of scared to do. Like I recently hired a virtual assistant and that to me was scary because that's an investment. But then I realized like, okay, well, if I don't like it, I don't have to keep doing it. Or if it's not helpful or not working for me, like you, there's, I feel like whenever, I don't know, like growing up, like whenever you made a decision, it was like, you had to stick to it, you know, like you said you were going to do this. But Mm -hmm. in reality, like, you can try things and not like it. (laughs) Yeah, oh, absolutely. It's almost like it's inevitable. I feel like that's something that we've been taught, especially in in the West. You know, we're taught that, you know, you go to college and you pick one job and then that's what you do. And then if Mm -hmm. you're lucky, you stay at your job forever until you get to retire (laughs) and stay in the same house and then have your kids and your white fence and whatever it is you're supposed to do. And then that means that you are successful because you're stable and you never have to worry about anything. So, I mean, it's definitely a narrative that we've been taught is right and successful for a long, long time. So it takes a while, I think, to kind of get rid of that, to maybe unlearn some of that. And maybe, maybe that does work for you. I don't know. My best friend, she Mm -hmm. still lives in our hometown in Indiana. She's marrying her high school sweetheart. She just bought a house and God love her. That woman will make whatever (laughs) life she has the happiest thing ever because she's just so sweet. And that's a hundred percent for her. That's also okay. Yeah. You know, but just noticing if, if you're making that decision for you or because of maybe that's what you think you're supposed to do, you know? Mm -hmm. So since you do have your own business, how does that like logistically work as far as living in a van? And I think I saw a post where you talked about how you got Wi-Fi in your van. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> yeah, what's kind yeah. of the day well, that was, I realized after I made, cause I'm, my partner does all the filming for, we have a YouTube channel too, for like our van build and everything. So he does all the filming and then I do all the like promotion um, and stuff behind it and like the marketing. Yeah. So I realized afterwards that maybe the title's a little bit misleading. We didn't actually, you don't actually get like your own Wi-Fi network or like router in your van, obviously, cause you need to like plug that into a <laughs> land thing or I don't know how Wi-Fi works, honestly. But what you do is you get like a cell phone signal booster. So it's its own separate antenna that sticks out the back. So it looks like we're trying to beam aliens into our van or something. It's this massive antenna. And then we have a little antenna inside the van that basically helps boost our cell signal. So when we're out in really remote areas where we would have maybe one or no bars, we'll have like four or five. Does it go up to five? I don't know. We'll have all the bars. So, <laughs> so and then from there, we um, both have unlimited data through our phone carrier plan. So we use our hotspots for. Okay. So I realized afterwards, like, well, we're not. We don't actually have Wi-Fi in the van. But <laughs> I was like, how do you do that? The point across, so <laughs> that's how I'll do most of. Because yeah, I do most of my work online either for my own business or also for a freelancing. I do. I do still do um, some some journalizing. I do still do some writing for other people. So I'll do most of that work online or you know if you're in a place for a few days because we like to take it a little bit slow too you know we're not just like bucket list travelers where you go somewhere and you're there for a day and then off to the next place and there for a day and mm-hmm. off. so we kind of like to spend some time in the places that we go so um and I am a big like 
coffee shop hopper. So, you know, I, I just love to go and check out the scene yeah. of wherever we're at. So if I know that I just kind of want to like zone in and get a lot of stuff done, then I'll, you know, he'll drop me off somewhere and I'll just go into a cute coffee shop and, and do some work for a few hours. So, you know, if it, it's definitely doable. And especially, like you said at the very beginning, we're in a time now where remote work is, well, it was optional but now it's almost to the point of necessity unfortunately but um, yeah. you do have the ability you know to to do your work or and build your own business from kind of anywhere with just you know the internet and your computer which is really cool yeah definitely are you in your van right now no we're at my partner's parents house so okay. this is there's a lot of wall space <laughs> I have like all the rooms so <laughs> we stopped to visit again on our way through I was like you have a lot of closet space in this van yeah. <laughs> No, I wish. <laughs> so I know another thing you do is you have a, I don't know how you pronounce it. Is it herbal or herbal? herbal? Uh, I've heard people do it both ways. <laughs> I say herbal. Okay. Yeah. You have your herbal shop and you mm-hmm. offer products like loose herbs, aromatherapy rollers for chakras and tinctures. Mm-hmm. Um, is someone's brand new to herbal medicine, what are some of the basics that you wish more people knew about it? Yeah, I think... I'm glad that I feel like a lot more people are getting into it too. And I'm kind of glad that you brought it up because that is something that I've just more recently like phased out of my business. I just, the last big sale that I did was sort of like a clean shop sale. So I'm actually not going to be doing that anymore moving forward because I learned after being in the van that, you know, just the space was an issue. I didn't have the amount of space for all the stuff that I needed. Mm. And as much as it is something that I love doing, I learned that is kind of going back to the the shiny object thing, you know, even though it was one of the first things that got me going in my business after I started to grow more, I realized that that wasn't a, a space where it wasn't moving along what it is I wanted to do with my business as much as some of the other pieces. So I realized as I was, you know, trimming things down, you know, both physically and, and energetically mm-hmm. moving into the van, I realized that that was something that I didn't really want to carry forward anymore in my business. But that's not what you asked about. What <laughs> I wish people knew <laughs> who were coming into it is that there is so much power behind it still. I feel like more and more people are sort of waking up to that, that holistic and natural medicine does really have a lot of power behind it, that it is really for anyone. You can go, you can get herbs from I don't know, Whole Foods for really inexpensively and you can just start making your own things, even if it's just for yourself. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that was kind of the point of my ramble earlier is I still love doing it, but I want to get back to, I used to just do it for, you know, me and, and my loved ones and my family, you know, when people had, I don't know, whatever issue they were going with, they'd be like, Hey, Sierra, can you, can you make me something? And I, yeah, totally. So I would just kind of do it in very small batches like that for people. And that really felt more good to me. That wasn't proper English. It felt it felt better <laughs> to me to do it that way rather than, you know, just kind of making mass amounts of it. And all of a sudden, you know, I'm, I'm sold out of this. So I got to hurry and go get more of this so I can make more and then mm-hmm. restock and blah, blah, blah. It just became a lot more taxing than exciting for mm-hmm. me. So that's kind of one reason why I took the business aspect out of it. But I would want people to know that it is a really powerful tool that you can use and that you always have available And I would maybe tell people to be cognizant of the resources that are in their own areas, because I know, especially now that more and more people are getting interested in these things, that some of the resources are being over harvested to a point that's actually really harmful to the environment and to those Mm. specific plants. I know sage is a really big one because everyone's super duper into burning sage now that there's actually, it's, it's 
pretty harmful to those areas where the plant is native. Mm -hmm. So seeing what plants grow around where you are and seeing if you can work more on that local level than that, rather than just going for all the big ones that everyone is using. Do you have any books or resources that you recommend for someone that's like, how do I figure out which things I should use for this issue or that type of thing? Absolutely. Anything by Rosemary Gladstar is pretty amazing. She's like, she was like the shepherd of bringing herbalism to (laughs) America and to Hmm. all of, um, you know, all of us like baby witches. So anything from her is amazing. And then... I just kind of inherited whatever books my mom and my grandma had because they were both very interested in it as well. So I have one that's like a medicinal herbal encyclopedia by Penelope Odie. That's a really good one. I know if people are more into like the energetics of herbs, so so you could come at it from a sense of, oh, marshmallow uh, is really good for like a cough, you know, or you could come at it from the aspect of a marshmallow has very... mm, softening qualities so it could be really good for reducing anxiety or good for sort of promoting sense of well-being so you see there's kind of the more like anatomical parts of it and then there's Mm -hmm. the more energetic parts of it so you could work at you could work with it in in either ways they're both um, equally valid but I was just saying for the more energetic stuff Scott Cunningham who's another author he kind of does like the encyclopedia of magical herbs so he'll tell you Mm -hmm. which herbs are good for like protection and you know energy and and more along the energetic side of it as well so you could go kind of either way with it so you just mentioned and I know you mentioned it in your bio as well that you consider yourself a practical witch I've never heard of that term so I wanted to know what is that (laughs) and how do you become one (laughs) yeah well I guess I'm just curious. May I, may I ask you a question first? Yeah. What do you think of when you think of a witch? <laughs> I mean, I feel like it can mean a couple things. It could mean just that you use like the herbs and you mix different things and you consider that like potions. So it could just be that. It could be that you're like bringing people back from the dead. Or <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just curious because I'm, I'm, I'm so close to it, you know, and most of the women that, like, I interact with on a day-to-day basis, like, we're so, you know, like, attached, I guess, for lack of a better word, to that title. So I'm just yeah. always curious, you know, like, people who aren't, I was like, well, what do they think that we mean? You know, <laughs> so I was just, I was just curious. But yeah, I, so that was kind of my angle on it to make it more understandable, I guess, and accessible to people, that idea of, of a practical witch, which... Uh, is a maybe not the best title because it's kind of counterintuitive because witch has the sense of very like magical and whimsical and really out there and then you stick the word practical in front of it and it's like it's like well I kind of killed half of it but (laughs) what I mean is that you know not the sense where you know we're raising people from the dead or can light candles with our fingertips even though that would be really freaking awesome I wish every time that I watch Practical Magic oh that's where I got it from was the movie Practical Magic with Nicole Kidman and Sandra Bullock oh my god it's an amazing movie if you've never seen it but (laughs) they showcase it in that way you know we can do all these amazing you know otherworldly things which would be awesome but Mm. you know it it doesn't happen so (sighs) what I mean when I say practical witch is someone who is more in tune to the energetics of the world and particularly the energetics of nature and the seasons because witchcraft and paganism in itself just stems from 
earth-based religion so in the sense where you celebrate the sun and the moon and the earth as actual deities that are in the world so sort of viewing the planet and the energy of the earth as what is divine in the world and sorry we're gonna go down the woo-woo <laughs> hole here for a little i love bit. it i'm here for it <laughs> <laughs> but so just seeing like nature as uh, magical and as a sense for divinity in the earth so i started studying what we call like the wheel of the year so the solstices and the equinoxes is sort of these holy days that we have and just really understanding the the energetics of the seasons and how those reflect in our bodies and and that kind of goes back to the intention setting too. I'll teach that a lot to to my to my girls and in my intensive, we'll sort of align our intentions if they so choose. You don't have to, but you can align your intentions with the energies of the season so that you can sort of tap into those energies that are already there and use them mm. to your benefit. So that's a part of it. Also the moon, you know, that's another one that people get into one of the first things that people get into when they get interested into it, astrology or just even noticing that it's a full moon and be like, hey, that's pretty, you know? So there's also energetics that go behind all of that, how the moon moves through its cycles. So when I say practical witch, it means that we're actually attuned to things that are happening like physically in the world. And the magic is just in actually noticing them and in attuning yourself to the natural energies that are already out there and sort of finding the magic in the practical or in the mundane if that makes sense Psst. i'm about to tell you my biggest biz secret the majority of the moolah i make in my biz is from my online courses imagine if you created a course in your expertise and you could help people without having to continue trading time for money there's a platform that will give you everything you need to make that dream a reality. It's what I use to host all my courses on AslyMasler.com. It's Kajabi. It's an all-in-one platform that you can host your website, courses, and email marketing. You can do all your sales through Kajabi, so no need to Frankenstein a website together anymore. You'll no longer have to pay someone every time you want to change something on your website. Kajabi's a game changer. With Kajabi, you can easily log in and drag and drop your changes to create a beautiful website and platform for your biz and online courses. Click the Kajabi link in the show notes and you'll get two weeks free. Now back to the show. What do you think or do you believe in the like 5d realm because i follow a couple different i'm not super knowledgeable about all of that but i follow a couple people that are kind of experts in it and i notice a lot of people posting about that there's going to be a shift into the 5d soon that type of thing are you do you have any thoughts on that or do you not know what mm-hmm. I'm talking about? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I'm not as familiar with that that title either. I know because that's kind of the that's the angle that like my partner will take sometimes. I know he really likes listening to like Alan Watts and you know all that stuff. So that gets that kind of gets really into the like altered dimensions and realities and stuff, which is what I'm thinking that means. As I don't have as much knowledge in that sense. Mm-hmm. I do know astrologically they were moving into an age of Aquarius, which is like a general and collective like elevation and in, in consciousness and more moving into a sense of 
like we are one rather than I am me. So mm-hmm. that's that's my understanding of it. If that's what the 5D is, then that would be really cool. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if that's what they mean when they say that. Yeah, I'm not totally sure either. <laughs> <laughs> so if someone is interested in learning more about all that, where would you recommend that they check out or how to get started? Yeah, well, and that's something yeah, that's always one that's a little bit harder. You know, herbalism kind of is a bit easier at first because I think it's less, like, scary for people. I know growing up in, in Indiana, I didn't really have a whole lot of resources for things like this. I would go to, like, my local used bookstore and the, like, spirituality, like, Wicca section was, like, this big and that's <laughs> what I had to choose from. And it's funny, I've actually gone back now since I've lived, moved away and come back like seven years later and now I mean now it's huge so who knows they might have more accessibility to it now which is pretty cool yeah but I would say just check out your local bookstore and see what's there I'm trying to think I don't really ascribe to like specific single single teachers in that sense because to me that is one thing that's so freeing about paganism is that it is very intrinsic to you and it's not one single person telling you how to live your life or what you should do and how you should celebrate so I would say the best way to do it is to start with just kind of noticing yourself Mm -hmm. and you can do it from a seasonal aspect or if you were more into the moon thing that's cool just noticing how your energy changes over the moon cycles or even just over the seasons and in that way you kind of are your own teacher and you know then Obviously, you you can find books and and supplement your knowledge where where you want to. I was super lucky then that I moved to New Orleans, which is like the witchiest place in the world. (laughs) And so I was able to really find a community there and and learn from from fellow witches that were there. So, you know, and it's easier now, too, with the Internet. You can reach out to other women that are very similar. If you want to join us at the local mystic, we have our community there and all the women there. We kind of identify as witchy in one sense or another so mm. people there are always really interested and always really uh, open-armed and supporting new new women as they come in but my first suggestion would be to just kind of pay attention to to your own energetics and, and study yourself and your own energy and the world around you and that's going to be your best and most reliable sense of uh, getting information and then you know kind of supplement the knowledge from there as you go is paganism and being a witch are those synonyms or are they no not really if you go by the dictionary paganism is just basically anything that's not like one of the five big religions so paganism is it's just kind of any like off the off off the margins religion Mm. and being a witch now it's 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 changed a lot now but a lot of times the the label, I guess, of being a witch or practicing witchcraft can get tied to this one idea, the ideology of, of Wicca. And that is one, too, that I don't really ascribe to because that is another one that was just kind of founded by one dude that said, these are the rules and this is how you do it. And this is how you call in the elements and this direction means this and yada, yada. So, I mean, that's a good jumping off point, And I definitely have read, you know, the books by, by Gerald Gardner, but that is just another one. It's It was the same thing that I that rubbed me the wrong way about Christianity and Catholicism is it was just one person telling you how to do everything. And so they're, so no, they're not synonyms. I will kind of use them interchangeably because I still will identify as a witch, even though I don't go by the book of hmm. witchcraft or, or Wicca. But when I'm trying to be more, 
I guess, PC, I guess. I'll just say paganism and not trying to scare my in-laws, then I'll just say it that way. (laughs) Um, That was actually going to be my next question. If you faced any negative reactions to your beliefs or what you decided to do as far as career, I know you went to school for journalism. So even if you graduated in journalism, became a nurse, you could face (laughs) people saying things about that. So yeah. No, I mean, I've been really, really lucky that I haven't had anything drastic. I know that some of my family is a bit religious. And so it just it was a bit of a topic of conversation when I when I was wearing like pentagrams (laughs) and such. But you know, it was I never got met with like, animosity or anything towards it yeah most of my family they're very supportive and, and free spirits in their own right in that way and so it was actually kind of cool as I was going I wasn't sure how my my mom in particular was going to react to it and it was funny because to me I was like mom you you're you're so witchy in your own mm-hmm. way because she has always had such a huge garden and she's always been the mom to put peppermint oil on it rather than take an Advil you know she's always just been very holistically inclined in that way but we also kind of grew up very, very Christian. And so I was kind of wondering about it. I was like, oh, well, how is she, you know, what is she going to think about it? And it's funny now, just the more that just having conversations with her about it. Now she's <laughs> taken her own dive into it and she's super into it also. And she'll like text me pictures of the full moon and be like, oh, it's that and blah, blah. So she's like super into it now too. So, you know, I've, I've been really lucky in that regard. And, and same with my, with my business, you know, I've, I've always been very driven at, at everything that I've done. Um, and so my family's just been really supportive to me in, in whatever I want to do. And now that <laughs> telling them that I was going to live out of a car with <laughs> my dogs and just drive around and not have a real home, you know, they were just still like, okay, like if that's what, if that's what you want to do, you know, then, then go for it. I don't think they didn't know how like, souped up our car was gonna be I think my grandma just thought we were gonna lay some sleeping bags in the back of a van and hit the road but now she's like oh my gosh you have like electricity and running water and a full bed and I'm like yeah grandma I was like I wasn't trying to like hobo it <laughs> like I wanted to actually have a livable space so I think they've kind of learned um that I'll just I don't know um I'll, I'll figure it out and I make my my way own my own way through no matter what so yeah yeah I feel like you've done a really good job of blending everything, all of your interests, so that it all kind of makes sense. And I primarily work with multi-passionate female entrepreneurs, so I would love for you to share kind of how you were able to blend everything and make it make sense for your personal brand. Yeah. Oh, my God. It took for freaking ever. <laughs> I, that was the thing that I struggled with the most. I had no idea how to, I mean, because it all kind of worked together. You know, I was a yoga teacher, and then I was also really into, like, the witchy stuff and astrology, so I just kind of thought, like, oh, well, that'll just, like, automatically go together, you know, and, and it did in a sense. The first, for the first year of my business, I had um, my own membership uh, community just called The Moon School, where it was, like, yoga classes and meditations and full moon circles where we would get together. So, I mean, I kind of already had my niche in that sense where like it was women who were into the witchy stuff and also into yoga. So Mm. I kind of had that figured out. What took me the longest time was to figure out like why in the heck anyone would care about what I was making, (laughs) you know, or really just trying to figure out what problem I was solving for people. 
And that's something that I just more kind of recently feel like I hit the nail on the head. I just had, it almost was like a, like a eureka moment that when I started talking about in this intention setting and goal setting too, because that's something that, you know, is obviously kind of really big in like the wellness and then yoga space. And it's something that I've always been really, really good at. I just kind of say that I'm going to do something and then I just go do it. You know, I've, I've never understood how people, you know, and a lack of motivation is just not never been something that I've <laughs> understood personally. So it's something yeah. I've always been really good at. And so finally it just kind of, I don't know, like, fell out of the sky on my head basically that was like oh well this you know goal setting and attention setting melds so well with just this attunement to the energies of, of the body and the seasons just like you teach and so you know that and then I figured out from there that yeah it's not so easy and intuitive for people of, of how to get stuff done but it, it definitely it took me took me a long time to figure out almost to the point now <laughs> I don't, I don't know if anyone should take my advice. I've almost just so recently figured out, I feel like where I should be taking advice from you, from you. It's like, I don't know. It just sort of happened and it's still kind of happening. I still don't even know because now I've just added the whole van and travel thing into it too. So right. I was like, I'm just kind of doing, doing everything and seeing <laughs> whatever people like. Yeah. I think a lot of times it ends up being something that comes so natural, naturally to you that you don't even like you're saying, you didn't even really think about it because that you've always been motivated and just made goals and they happened and you put in the work. So I feel like a lot of times it's something that you feel like, well, doesn't everyone do this or doesn't everyone know this? And then it's like, no, like that's what's special about you and like what you can offer people. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. That was something especially too that I, I had to keep learning over and over again too. Yeah. Like you said, it feels so it feels almost so natural to me that I just assume that you know everyone everyone knows it and that's something I had to learn as a yoga teacher again too because you become obviously pretty you know flexible and an able-bodied just in a very tangible sense so if you go in and assume that everyone knows the names of the poses and is able to do them as well as you are then you're not going to be able to serve those people that are in front of you very well because they Mm -hmm. come to you as a teacher because they're at a different spot in their journey than you so you constantly just have to you know, see it from other people's perspective and, and find a way to be of, of service to those people. Yeah. So one of the reasons I wanted you on this show is because of how much you give back and Pretty AF is about being Pretty AF inside as well. So can you talk about different ways that you give back and what makes you want to do that? Yeah. So a lot of the ways that I've done it in the past is we'll do, you know, I do like I guess, um, pro bono is that what they call it? Yoga classes, um, for specific foundations or industries or just for, for groups that, that I really resonate with their, their mission or their, their value. Mm. Then too, what I've done in the past is I would have yoga classes where we would call it yoga that, that feeds for a while. It was a series where every Friday morning I would do a donation based yoga class through zoom and then every month we kind of focused on a different nonprofit. And then at the end of the month, then 50% of all the proceeds that came in from Yoga That Feeds got donated to that nonprofit. And that started at the very beginning of, of COVID because I was still in New Orleans at the time and the food banks there were, were really struggling because everyone had, had lost their jobs because we were such a tourism and hospitality-based city. And so all of a sudden everything was shut down and, and no one had jobs anymore. So the food banks kind of dried up really quick. So we kind of started with the New Orleans food banks and then went from there. So... And that was a project that I really, really, really loved doing. I don't do really live Zoom classes anymore, so it's kind of changed the way it looks since then. But I just really love doing it because, 
it is so tied to the yoga philosophy too, in a sense. In yoga, I call it seva, and it's this idea of just being of service. Mm. And I just feel like it is something so pertinent to your happiness as a human being is to feel like you're being of service to someone or something. Mm-hmm. So in that sense, it reminds me of, do you ever watch Friends? There's that Friends episode where Joey's trying to convince Phoebe that like, no good deed is unselfish because (laughs) she's just saying that everything that she does that's a good deed it all of a sudden makes her feel so good inside and he's like well see there's no selfless (laughs) good deed but so it but it really does make you feel good inside and that doesn't have to be a bad thing it doesn't deter from any of the good that you've done but just I do feel like that is our purpose or yes or or our our dharma too is another yoga word your your sort of purpose on this earth is to is to be of service for each other for the the collective as much as you can yeah i love that you took something that you know and you can do and helped a problem that isn't directly related because i know a lot of people kind of get stuck when they are thinking about giving back and they either feel like they don't have the money to give back or what they offer isn't relevant to the needs right now, but Mm -hmm. you kind of took what you know and made it help an issue that was relevant right now. So I think that's really good. Yeah. And there are different ways to do it too. I I like that you, you said that you don't always, like you said, you don't always know, I guess, how to help and, and, helping can look different in different ways. So obviously, yeah, we're not doing the live yoga classes anymore because I didn't have the time for it. But now to another way, and this isn't as tangible, probably doesn't help as much, but it, it ties into to what I love to do is now that, you know, I've, I've started to grow, especially my, my online reach a lot as I've started working with brands, but I'll only choose to work or only choose to promote brands that are sustainable, the sustainably focused and only wanting to promote or talk about brands that are either full circle or just working to reduce the their carbon footprint on the earth. So that could be another thing too, you know, that's not direct energy of me giving money to a an organization, but it is an energetic exchange of I realize that I have this audience and that I have this platform and I want to use that to talk about the issues that are important to me, which are climate change and which are sustainability. So I do Mm -hmm. it in that sense. And so I'll find, you know, small two businesses that focus specifically on working more sustainably. And so I'll kind of use that as a way, you know, to help do a little bit more good too. And like I said, it's not as tangible as actually like giving money to an organization, but it's realizing the energy and the resources that I have and how I can use those to sort of, I don't know, shine the light on the issues that I want to talk about. Yeah. One of the things that I teach my clients is to basically figure out what your five main values are. And it sounds like one of yours is sustainability. So then when you go to different opportunities, if it matches one of your values, then it makes it easy for it to make sense for your brand versus if it's just like something random and like you're a vegan and you're promoting beef jerky, like it doesn't make sense. (laughs) Yeah, definitely (laughs) Um, not. So I think that's a really good tip to just because you're part of who you are and something that matters to you is sustainability. So picking brands that offer that is a way for you to do that and it kind of when you look at your website it makes sense that those stores are in your shop because they match your brand 
basically. Yeah. So I'm going to ask you for your best tips to be pretty AF. I have three for you. Okay. So what is your number one business tip? I would say two, this is boring, but like, but plan things out. Because that's something that took me so long to learn is I would kind of just take things day to day and just address the things that like all of a sudden suddenly needed my attention and that were super pertinent and then everything just kind of felt like it was at the deadline and it stressed me out and then I felt like I was constantly behind and really overwhelmed so planning things out and you know giving yourself the space energetically to do the things that you want to do well so I think then and in that comes doing less things with more intention Um, if you can plan your if you have the ability to plan out, then you can, you know, do less things better with more intentional time. That's kind of a boring one. Just plan out your week. But <laughs> it made such a difference for me. Yeah. And I mean, I think that goes back to your holistic goal setting because I know just recently I took a ton of stuff off my plate because I realized I was just overwhelmed all the time. And like, I was like, why am I even working on half these things? And I realize it didn't make sense. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Yeah. That could be another one too. And then in that, you know, plan out what's coming next, but then also give yourself time to reflect back, you know, and look at what's not working anymore, you know, mm-hmm. and all this stuff. If all of a sudden you find out that you're spending five hours a week trying to run your Facebook group and you're not seeing any energetic, you know, reciprocity from it, then you can, you know, evaluate if you actually want to keep doing it anymore. So Yeah planning out but then also giving yourself the chance to look back too definitely so what is your number one beauty tip i wash your face (laughs) (laughs) i'm just trying to think of the most like uh cross the board one really that does make all the difference too because then i realized too when i kind of start to slack off on both like my evening and my morning routine spiritually too then that's sort of my first way back into it because i would kind of go in between staying up late you know binging RuPaul's Drag Race and then not being able to wake up in the morning and then just feeling like total crap and then I would go from that to then the next night I'd be like okay I gotta go to bed at 10 o'clock and then I'm gonna get up at 7 and then I'm gonna meditate and then I'm gonna do yoga and then I'm gonna journal and then you know it was just like total black and white and so I found that you know the best way if I feel myself starting to slip you know into the less mindful direction then I'll just say okay well at least just wash your freaking face before you go to bed at night and right when you wake up. And then that's sort of like the catalyst into everything else. And then I feel better. And so then, you know, I'm a bit more intentional with my evening or my morning because, you know, I washed my face, which is such like a, such a silly thing, but it really does make, make a difference. That and I guess collagen too. That's more of like a less, Mm. lesser obvious one as I've been taking, I put collagen in my coffee in the morning and since I have, people have been telling me my skin be looking real good. So I guess that's a, a good one. <laughs> Do you have a favorite face wash and a favorite collagen? I've been using, honestly, it's like a CVS brand. It's like botanicals is what I've been using for my face wash mm. because now I've, I have, and I do work with some brands that are like super skin focused um but those are more makeup I haven't found a good skincare brand yet that I wanted to work with and it's hard now because I don't really have an address so I can't really get stuff like shipped to me so I'm kind of like you know I'm just faced with what I have so honestly yeah CVS brand or is it Walgreens I don't know but it's in a, like a dark green and a light green bottle it's called botanicals just like a everyday face wash and then I use vital proteins for my mm. my collagen in the morning 
Cool. <laughs> um, what is your number one life tip? Life tip? Oh my god, I thought the business one was hard. <laughs> All of mine are so, I feel like they're so boring, but I'm trying to make them just like, you know, general and I guess holistic in a sense, <laughs> to use the brand words, is to just actually like live your fucking life. Sorry, I don't know if I can curse in here. Yeah, no, you can that's fine. Live your, live your life. Like, don't, I don't know. I feel like we get so caught up in just trying to be productive or do more or impress the people or get the more likes and all that stuff. And I mean, that can be all part of a bigger goal. But at the end of the day, if you're not actually like face-to-face with what's happening in your life and and loving it and giving yourself a chance to like hug the people that you care about and like kiss your dog and eat your favorite food and stuff like then it doesn't none of that matters you know at the end of the day it is great that we can build all of this stuff online but if some crazy freak accident happened and the internet just didn't work anymore then all that would be gone and then what would your life be you know you still Mm -hmm. need to be in your life day to day so Make your life something that you love, not something that impresses other people or makes you feel like you did the right thing or makes you feel like you're, I don't know, safe. Safety is an important part of it. But, you know, just make it something that you're in love with, I guess. Yeah, I I really resonate with that tip because when I first graduated college and started working at that music company, my whole kind of identity, like, became the, that girl at the music company, like doing their marketing and stuff and like I just put so much into it that when I left that company like then I felt like I don't know who I am anymore because I just like put so much into it and like stopped doing all the other things that I enjoyed and like stopped really enjoying like just day-to-day like regular things and I kind of feel like I associated myself with it so much that I kind of lost who I was and I feel like I know a lot of people kind of do that same thing that they identify so much with their career or the company that they're representing or something like that and you kind of lose all the small things that built up to who you are like as a whole person and that's kind of why I focus on like a personal brand is like a whole person so that you can really focus on all those things that you love and not just becoming like your rep for whatever or yeah. you know <laughs> oh, absolutely yeah no that's such a great point Asley we do so much to like build ourselves up and in, in our business especially to you know for those of us that are trying to build our own business it's hard to not put so much into it but you still are you know you as a person Mm -hmm. first and foremost you know you are not your business you're not your job you're not what other people think of you and you know if you want to get really into it you're not even like you as 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 Azalee with the hair and the face you know (laughs) (laughs) we won't go there but you know you just there's so much more to it than just what we're creating out here in the world you know obviously create with the most love and compassion as you can out in the world but just know that like you have so much more inside of you and just you know just just love what you're doing yeah well thank you so much for coming on the show I this was definitely a very unique episode and (laughs) (laughs) Sierra you're really weird (laughs) (laughs) no I know okay but how can people find you work with you 
get in contact with yeah. you. Yeah. I'm uh, mostly through through Instagram is the best way to reach me. I'm uh, at the local mystic. And so you can come on there and just shoot me a message and say, hey, I love actually talking and, and meeting people. And now that I'm, you know, mobile, it's cool. I can go and just like link up with all my girlfriends that I've yeah. met through Instagram. So that's always super fun. So find me on there. My website's uh, thelocalmystic.com. And, and so we have uh, our membership group there too, where you can come in and we'll have uh, spiritual based workshops and, and yoga classes and meditations and all of that's there to kind of help you really integrate this like holistic approach to life that kind of we talked about and just focusing on you know becoming the best and, and most vibrant version of yourself in that way so yeah we're always happy to to have new shining faces there <laughs> happy, <laughs> happy new, new year, year. <laughs> may 2021 be way better hopefully hopefully yeah <laughs> I mean, it had some good parts. <laughs> yeah, no. Folklore came out. That was great. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> you moved into a van. Like, it's... <laughs> yeah. No, there was a lot. Definitely. It was It was a really good learning year for a lot of us. And I think the the lesson to slow down and do less was well needed for, for everybody. So. Yeah, definitely. So this is the last question that I ask every guest. What does being pretty AF mean to you? <laughs> It's so funny. Yeah, I know, because I thought the title of the show is so unique, and, and so, and I love it, and it can, it can appear, you know, on, on the surface, it means very much one thing, but I love that, you know, you dive into all aspects of it, especially from the heart-centered place as well, so, I don't know, I guess I would give a very yogi answer that it just means, you know, living, living from your heart and radiating as much love and compassion as you can for, for everyone that you interact with, and sort of seeing that, you know, connection that we all have, you know, to each other and, and to the earth and, and to nature and just, yeah, living in a way to kind of create more beauty in the world. And in that sense, Love it. that would be pretty AF. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much, Tierra, for taking the time to come on the show and answer all my questions. If you haven't done so yet, check out the show notes where you can find Sierra on Instagram and grab her freebie on intention setting. I'll see you next week's solo episode. Thank you for taking this time for yourself to get one step closer to a life you love. If you love this episode, it would mean the world to me. If you left me a review on iTunes or whatever you're listening on, tell me what you want to hear more of or your favorite parts of the episode. Until next time, I'm Ozzy Maslow. Lots of love. And don't forget, you're pretty AF. <laughs>